Hello and welcome to Forces Sport. I hope you all had a wonderful Jubilee weekend. I'm Kath Braden. I'm joined as ever by Julian Evans. Now, Jules, our guest this week, you know when you love a sport and you've grown up playing it in the back garden with your siblings and then that pesky younger brother goes on and gets selected for England? I don't suppose well, you know well, that well, feeling. Well, you, well, are, no, you are the pesky I, younger I brother. Am, I am the younger brother and uh, <laughs> my, my nation has yet to call me up. <laughs> Well, that's what happened to our guest today, Adam Fisher. Um, Very familiar to those of us involved in services cricket, of course. But his brother is not only much taller, which hurts Adam, um, but also a lot more recognisable. Matthew Fisher made his debut for England this winter in the West Indies, getting his first wicket, first test wicket with his second ever ball. Now, jokes aside, Adam, of course, is super proud and says he always saw it coming. It was always on the cards that he was strong. Um, and then he made his debut for Yorkshire at 15. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so, and, and at that point, I think we realised that he was, like, he had the ability, and I think that, yeah, he's been around for a long time now, and obviously injuries have played mm. what he's done, um, which I think is difficult for him. Like, I can understand that, you know, from that side of it. Mm. Um, but, you know, he's he's got all the talent, and like we always say to him when he does come back from injury that, he always seems to show that he's still got the skills, which I think is, you know, sort of testament to his ability. So fingers crossed he can get a good run at some point with, with injuries. Now, Jules, um, at the time when Matthew made his debut, which I think was in 2013, um, he was the youngest player to take part in a competitive county cricket yeah, match. He was 15, wasn't he? Yeah, 15 years and 212 days. So still at school, obviously. Um, but yeah, he secured a place in the record books. But injured at the moment, and he, of course, Jules joins that long list of England test bowlers who are out with injury at the moment. There's at least 10 of them. Um, but we'll be talking more about England's performance in the first test against New Zealand later in the programme. But now, Adam may not ever get to wear an England shirt, but he does at least get the privilege of playing at Lords regularly. The Inter-Services T20 is, of course, taking place again this year on Thursday, the 16th of June. And this is what it means to step on the hallowed turf. Lords is just such a special place and to get an opportunity to play there. I think if you go back to any 12-year-old uh, who's trying to play cricket, the opportunity to play Lords at some point in your life is, you know, is so precious and the idea the fact that we've managed to get to do it so much as mm. as forces players is just is huge and I think if recruitment were looking at it that as far as a young cricketer goes that's just um, such a pulse. Now, really looking forward to that, Jules, and just to repeat that we'll be streaming the whole day live for you on the 16th of June. That's the Inter-Services T20 from Lords. The longest day, always a long day at Lords, isn't it, Jules? It's a long day, but it's a good day. Yeah, it's a good day. It's a good day. Jam-packed with cricket, but um, of course, if you you can watch it live, but you can also come and see it live if you don't, you know, many many seats available if you want to try and get along to that day and support your service, um, whoever that may be. And of course, the UK Armed Forces women this year. Of course, yeah. So they're playing an MCC team, I'm right in thinking. An MCC Invitational eleven up against the might of the UK Armed Forces women. So we shall see how that pans out uh, in over a week's time. Now, we got a little taster of, um, you know, some Lords action earlier on in the season. We, we were there, Jules, for the first day of the England-New Zealand. We'll, we'll talk about that a bit more. But there is, um, we, talk, we talk a lot about sporting tingles and stadiums. And, mm. and I think we get, you get that at Lords, don't you? Pack, packed out Lords, first day of the first <laughs> test in the summer. New era. 
yeah, new era. Lords has had a bit of a facelift since mm -hmm. we were last there. It's had some building work, so that's really impressive. So if you can get there on the 16th of June, it's just worth going along just to look at the new 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 rebranded lords no not new rebranded lords just, just you redesigned rejigged they they've put some fancy roofs on some of the seating area they still haven't corrected the slope on the pitch though so um it's tradition <laughs> it stays yeah it was a good one it's a really good day what a wonderful place to be and obviously the weather has has held off um but whilst we're talking about forces sport what i mean what a weekend of sport it's been but I think we can't go much further, Jules, without mentioning a certain army physiotherapist who... Um, who could it be, Kat? Who could it be? <laughs> Drum roll, please. Kat Matthews. She smashed the sub eight hour Ironman distance um, triathlon in the time of seven hours, 31 minutes and 54 seconds. She's the first female in history to go under eight hours for that Ironman distance triathlon. Jules, she's on fire. I mean, we were only speaking about her weeks ago, you know, um, in, in the Ironman competition. She did very well. She did very well. This special designed course was to enable her to go as fast as possible. So, it, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, there were no choppy waves for her or mm. for those taking part to, to to try and navigate in the swim. Um, the, the, the course for the rut on the bike was an embanked, circuit okay. so everything everything was lined up for this get it get somebody under eight hours and she talks uh, a lot about did. her and she talks a lot about her team doesn't she because they have pace setters well, um on all parts setters. of the yeah and one of the pace setters was none other than neris jones a fellow oh, army athlete wonderful. so um I'm, I'm really encouraged by that so that's wonderful to see neris dabbles a little bit in triathlon she's also a distance runner so um mm -hmm. or at least you know i hope so i, I didn't see neris <laughs> obviously as a, as a pace setter they're, they're there but, they're, them. Yeah. but yeah they never get the glory do they but um she played her role as well so incredible and i imagine that that military support that neris would have played would have been vital to cat when you're digging in and you've got somebody alongside you from the military spurring you on you're not going to fail are you so she was yeah. always going to she was always going to get across the line well, in listen, under is, under eight hours um yeah and listen to this is the moment she crossed the line cat matthews the pacing team's waiting for her the paces will wait and cat matthews will send a message to everyone in long distance and to the world that it is possible to defy the impossible and come across the line in an incredible sub eight time. Cat Matthews has made history. What a moment for the Brit. Well, was that, I mean, I think just behind her was Nicola Spirik, who um, was a couple of minutes behind her. But in doing that eight hour, so Chrissy Wellington, the previous record for. Um, to triathlon for that distance was eight hours 18 minutes and 13 seconds so that's she didn't just break it she properly smashed it by a good three quarters of an hour and of course Absolutely. Chrissy wellington's a very recognizable name in the world of triathlon as well um so that is um i mean it, it's something else there really aren't enough plaudits to describe her to be honest and she gave an incredible um well she's given i'm sure many interviews but the one interview i saw was the one triathlon. she had with us last september where we encouraged her, where we said everything you touch is going to turn to gold, Kat. Yeah, well, I... Was that I, the one? I think we are a part of her journey. I'd like to... Um, I don't expect her to say thank you, but... Um, I imagine I'm, we're, we're more we know of, her. In, in terms of her part of the journey, I think we're the shopping trolley with the wonky wheel. <laughs> she what, tolerated, annoying? She, yeah, she tolerated us. <laughs> For about then, 20 minutes. And then, and we then offloaded gone. us and couldn't get back to life. 
Well, as you said, the times recorded won't be considered as official world records as the event was specifically designed to break that those seven and eight hour barriers. And the athlete, the men's, the male athlete as well broke the um, the six, the seven hour barrier as well. So well done to Kat. I do hope we can um, speak to her imminently at some point when she when she when gets she her breath back after that effort yeah and of course the next thing she she said in this interview that um she was thanking her team and all the rest of it but she now wants a really good training block because now she goes into having just finished one um iron man triathlon a couple of months ago she now goes into kona the full-on triathlon in hawaii in october i believe mm. so um, good luck to cat Exactly, non-stop. Now, there was some other sport this week, um, inter-services judo, and it was held on board HMS Queen Elizabeth. Of course, we watched an exhibition night of boxing on the flagship a few months ago, Jules, but this was the first time a full inter-services event has been held on there, something that the chair of the UK Armed Forces Judo Association, Lieutenant Commander Stephen Watson, was very proud of. So uh, proud to be able to host on the ship this time. Um, it's the first inter-services back from COVID, so we've not had had one since 2019 um, to mark the Queen's Jubilee by having uh, uh, the Inter-Service Championships on HMS Queen Elizabeth it's very very special as well um, but this is the first time an Inter-Service Championships of any sport has ever happened on a warship and we're really really proud to be able to have the other two services on here. For one competitor um, HMS QE is actually his home turf Joshua Murray who serves on board told us how the carrier has their own judoka giving sailors the chance to learn and develop their judo skills. We've actually got a permanent mat area um, on board so on the deployment last year there's a squad of about seven or eight of us um, training regularly through Covid um, that gave us the right position to train for the Navy Championships last year as well um, so yeah we've been on the mat all, all throughout basically. So there you go Jules our servicemen and women catered for wherever they are in the world. Now, what have I missed what else has been happening in the forces sport world this week that you've been watching that you've recalled? Me, myself? Well, it was a yeah. short week last week, wasn't it? So yeah. it was a very funny week because of everybody getting ready for the Jubilee, which which went Platty rather dudes. swimmingly. Yeah, which went rather swimmingly. But I know that the UK Armed Forces uh, Rugby Sevens teams have been busy down in Bournemouth. They've done pretty well down there. Very well, yeah. So it was a win for the men and the women lost in, in the final. But, you know, great achievement to get there in the first place. And, and I saw in the women's squad a certain multi-talented D Bolacoro was playing for them. D. Wow! I know you probably recognise D from yeah, last netball. week's Yeah, yeah last netball week's and of course Super League netball culminated this weekend. But she was turning her hand to rugby sevens this week. I've also seen her doing athletics in the past, the javelin. So I wonder where we shall see D next. Could be like a new game. And Fern Davis, um, did she get a call up for the Wales Rugby League as well? She'd been called up to play. Yeah, She's only yeah. been playing rugby league for you know a, mass, a season. Yeah. So Fern Davis, ex yeah. Wales Commonwealth, ex Army athlete, yeah. is, is, is putting her talents to rugby league as well. So she joins a number of Welsh athletes there as well. Um, Karenza Bryson, um, she won silver in a British fencing senior women's epee. I I'm, hope I'm saying that right. Um, a former, was she a best newcomer at um, Army yeah, Sports award, Awards? Yeah, award winner. Yeah. So and but uh, she's a medical student down at Exeter. OU is it OU? No, OUTC. I always get that wrong. Officer, <laughs> Officer something. No, UOTC, isn't it? Okay, yeah, yeah University. Yeah, UOTC. Anyway, she's down there, and uh, yeah, I think she's trading. She's from studying at Plymouth, but she uses Exeter for her military stuff. And she's going so well in in that multi-sported 
world of pentathlon at the moment. So we mm. should wait and see. Obviously, she's got to take a little break now to get back to her studies. Takes mm. forever to become a doctor. <laughs> I know, it really does. Well, congratulations to her and to all our Forces Sport um, personnel who've been in been in action this week. This is Forces Sport. Thank you for listening. I'm Kath Brazier and I'm here with Julian Evans. Now, Adam Fisher may not even be the best cricketer in his family, but he's been a stalwart for his club, the Royal Air Force and the UK Armed Forces. The pilot, now training to be a flying instructor at RAF Cranwell, spoke to me about his love of all team sports and how that drove him to join up to the military. Plus, his famous brother's England debut in the West Indies earlier this year. I used to go to careers um, days at school when I was going through secondary school and we, me and my dad used to go and we just used to go to the forces, so we'd go to the army and the uh, air force, we'd read all about the sports and then we'd clear off to the pub <laughs> and that was, that was our uh, careers uh, sessions done and then I went to university, had no real interest or thoughts of the forces, uh, I wanted to play as much cricket as I could. Mm. I went to Worcester, they offered a scholarship, which um, I think quite rightly I wasn't, I didn't end up getting. Um, so I did three years at university and then finally got to needing a job, really needing a job <laughs> and uh, went back to those careers um, booklets and found uh, the Air Force. So applied and never looked back. Yeah, and so it was the sport. I mean, the initial, those initial meetings with your dad, you know, looking up, it actually was the sport that drove you. So you were aware that by going into the military when you did finally join up that sport could be and would be a massive part of your life yeah definitely I grew up with a lot of team sports and that's what I enjoyed and I think the military was definitely the the obvious choice for a team environment so I thought that I would enjoy the work um, that was there um, I've always loved traveling and so therefore I was like oh this this kind of lines up well um, and then the sport was a massive bonus as well because I thought I'll still be able to play this and to a really good standard um, within the military, so that's yeah, that's exactly what I joined. You're a proud Yorkshireman. You're yeah. from a proud Yorkshire family. Um, so I, it, it's stupid to even ask that cricket must have been there from day one. Um, what sort of environment did you did you grow up in? You said team sports, but was cricket sort of number one? Uh, I used to play football a lot, um, and that was my sport. My football friends at school got me into the cricket club. Uh, Sheriff Upton Bridge, which at the time was 12 years old, I think I picked up cricket. Um, moved there and played juniors there and I'm still playing there now as a senior so I've been 20 odd years now um, so that's kind of how I got into it but yeah it, it was it was big in our school uh, our school was a state school but they were big for cricket as well so it was kind of everywhere really and you know we cover a lot of UK Armed Forces sport whether that's football um, netball, rugby, you know, obviously cricket as well. Um, but a lot of the UK Armed Forces sport has been, um, the cricket has been tours abroad. So that must be part of the travel that you were looking for. Um, but really, would you say the highlight of the calendar has been Lords? You know, the, the opportunity to play that T20 at Lords. Do you consider that the highlight? Yeah, definitely. Like the Lords is just such a special place and to get an opportunity to play there. I think if you go back to any 12 year old uh, who's trying to play cricket, the opportunity to play Lords at some point in your life is, you know, is so precious. And the idea, the fact that we've managed to get to do it so much as, mm. as forces players is just, is huge. And I think if recruitment were looking at it, that, as far as a young cricketer goes, that's just um, such a pull. So that's good. I think the, the tours have been amazing. Like we went to India, which, 
it's probably not somewhere that you would choose to go if you were holidaying, but actually, for cricket. but going for <laughs> cricket was just a, a, an amazing experience. We went to Delhi there, we went to Sri Lanka, and we saw, it gave us opportunities to be able to go and see things like the tsunami mm -hmm. uh, relief. Mm -hmm. The opportunities are, are really good, and I think UK Armed Forces, that's different probably to the Air Force that I've found over the time, is that there's a lot of people with different backgrounds, um, different cricketing backgrounds, and it's quite interesting for me you know, if I just play for my club side, not not to get the opportunity to play with like Tade, who's from the Windward Islands, yeah, and like you know, just it's it's really good. I think it's I think that's probably the big benefit of the diversity that you get in the UK and Forces side. What might people might or might not, they may not have made the connection earlier this year, but um, there's this age-old tale of um, the War Brothers. And I can't remember, I think someone said, I don't know who was the better brother, but whoever wasn't the better brother at cricket, there was that joke, you're not even the best cricketer in your family. Yeah. Is this something you've experienced? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I get told by Ross Diver and all the others all the time That's the that you're you the get. worst cricketer in your family. So, um, no, so not even not the no, best, the you're worst, the worst. The worst. So tell us about the, the Fisher family setup and, and how you've ended up as the worst. Athlete. So I, I'm the eldest, so yeah, I've... I've taken the flack early on, and then four years younger than me is Mark, who's my middle brother, um, who plays club cricket with me. Uh, he's familiar to the lads because he quite often net balls for us before Lords. Um, and then my little brother is Matthew, who it's obviously always the made, little his, brother, isn't it? <laughs> made his England debut this year. So, um, and what was that like? You know, is it something that was in the pipeline? You know, was he sort of on board? I know that. England have a lot of issues with the bowlers at the moment, um, and that's still currently the, the same. But, um, you know, Matty playing up at Yorkshire, you know, was he always on the fringes and, and, and ready to make his debut? Yeah, I think from a young age, we always knew that he was um, like quite special with cricket. Okay. Um, obviously, he used to play in the back garden with us from a really young age, and we used to play all the things that I'm sure loads of kids used to play. We used to tape balls up to make it swing. Mm -hmm. um, we used to have our make-believe test matches. It's probably embarrassing to admit that I was about no, 12 I, years I old at them. that point. I had two brothers and I was part of that, so yeah, we yeah. did it. So we, we used to have all of all of those things and um, he, he was good. Um, at six, he went to the club and wanted to play juniors. Wow. Um, they were telling him at the time he was running up and throwing it, so he wasn't bowling with a straight, straight mm -hmm. arm. Um, and the chairman at the time said, you can't play while, you, while you're throwing it. And the only reason he threw it was because that was the only way he could compete with his older, older. brothers. <laughs> so, and like, I don't really remember anyone really training him, but then the next year he turned up and he said, I want to play now, I was seven. And um, he said, uh, all right. And he was bowling with a straight arm at the same pace as what he was the year before. So wow. he was quite naturally like mm. gifted with that. He was competitive. He used to throw the biggest paddies when uh, when when he was getting beat in the back garden um, and I think that that then built it so he was playing under 11s when he was seven wow. he played for the seniors um, on a week where we were struggling um, so we got to the national village final um, and the Saturday we traveled down so the club needed to put two teams out and I think it was when he was eight or nine uh, he played in the second team and my dad played for the first time he'd ever played cricket um, in the same team so it started there and then it carried on and he always played in teams above himself so mm. he was playing for the Yorkshire age groups one or two years up from himself and and doing well in their teams as well so it was always it was always on the cards that he was strong 
Um, and then he made his debut for Yorkshire at 15. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so, and, and at that point, I think we realised that he was, like, he had the ability, and I think that, yeah, he's been around for a long time now, and obviously injuries have played mm. what he's done, um, which I think is difficult for him. Like, I can understand that, you know, from that side of it. Mm. Um, but, you know, he's he's got all the talent, and like we always say to him when he does come back from injury that, he always seems to show that he's still got the skills, which I think is, you know, sort of testament to his ability. So fingers crossed he can get a good run at some point with, with injuries. And yeah, so he's currently out with, with injury as well. Yeah. So is that sort of, you know, how often do you speak to him and sort of, um, you know, give him that older brother pep talk as well? Yeah, I, th I mean, he's... <laughs> is he's it ineffective a, now? He's a, he's a big boy in his own right <laughs> yeah. now. Um, he's, had, he's had a few tough years, to be honest with you, and I think, mm. you know, uh, we do we do speak on a regular basis, all of us as brothers and stuff, and try and support him with that. But um, yeah, I just I think everyone who knows him is sort of hoping that he'll he'll have a, a good little run of it at some point. Absolutely. And, uh, um, and just talk talk to us about his debut because sadly you couldn't make it out to the West, West Indies to see him play, but yeah. you you obviously were watching the Sky coverage. I'm sure yeah. you know 24/7. But other families did make it out, did they? And yeah. sort of were able to see him play. Yeah. So. Um, when we found out he was in the squad, my mum was umming and ahhing as to. I think she thought that she Trips was a. To the West Indies. Yeah, well, I think she thought she was a selector. She was like, "Will they pick him for the first one? Will they pick him for the second one?" I was like, "Mum, you have no idea what's happening." Um, if only what she's probably more sensible than a lot of the selectors. I don't know. But. Yeah, but she ended up going out for the for the whole series, and okay. she had a great time, and she met friends and and what have you. And then we were trying to guess when he might be able mm. to play um, or if he would play. Um, I'm on a course so I couldn't just get block leave unfortunately. Um, my middle brother Mark went out for um, the Barbados test just because it was it's quite a close family place that we went on holiday when we were okay, kids yeah. and uh, we really enjoyed it so he went out there and then luckily it turned out that, um, that he managed to play in that second test match so yeah we were watching, me and my wife uh, were watching on Sky uh, so we're having an Indian takeaway and watching Aww. him bowl, so it was good. Yeah. I mean, so difficult to not be there, but wow! I mean, do you pinch yourself sometimes when you when you were watching those Sky interviews and stuff? And and he did well, yeah. you know. It wasn't it was a very good debut. So um, yeah, yeah, you do pinch yourself. I I feel like he deserves it. I feel like he's worked so hard that he you know he deserves to be there, um, and hopefully he'll be there again in the future. Because um, like we said on our WhatsApp group that um, primarily we're all um, Leeds United fans <laughs> and um, another good year then. <laughs> um, Leeds United fans and also England cricket fans. That's that's what we've yeah. all grown up for. So to have one of your brothers playing in the team that you've always supported is pretty special. So yeah, yeah really proud of him. But I think he's got there through hard work and he deserves to be. He deserved his his chance. So make believe test matches. We've all played those in the back garden, haven't we? <laughs> Still play them now. What are you talking about? Still play them now by myself. I hasten to add. Um, Do you bowl, then bat, and then crowd noise? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a wonderful scene. But you know, it's really interesting hearing Adam you know talk talk about his younger brother like that. Mm. I mean, Adam's career is not too shabby himself, well, is it? You know, RAF pilot. Exactly. Um, but you can hear the pride coming through for his younger brother. Incredible. And there's quite a big age gap. So I think, you know, someone who's a younger brother yeah. who's sort of nine years junior, he sort of feels, um, and they lost their dad in 2012. Mm. And we've sort of, you know, 
as an older brother, he will have had to fill in that role a little bit along the way. And I think um, that was actually just the year before Matthew made his debut was when they lost their dad, sadly, to, to bowel cancer. And I think... Adam is the perfect older brother who's have just been able to, you know, step in and, and, and help out. And he's, it's funny because he talks about Mark, his middle brother. And I said, so are you the second best cricketer in the family? He goes, no, I'm the th- Mark's better than me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, and obviously his mum's in a, in line for a selection role now as well. So, well, um, yeah, I was going to say after a tour to the West Indies, <laughs> I, th- I think he's probably well. he's probably behind his mum as well in terms of cricket. Yeah. But no, chan- exa- I mean he is a stalwart for for RAF, and he, he's always there, isn't he? He's a good batsman, and um, uh, good to see him play. He won't actually be, be at Lords this year, sadly. He's, Adam, <laughs> yes, he's at a friend's wedding. Um, oh. so I've hyped up them, him being at Lords, but unfortunately he can't play this year. Um, oh no! But uh, yeah, uh, you know, I'm sure it'll still be a great day, of course. So let's talk about England, New Zealand. Um, well, which, look, quite honestly, with the weather, you thought hmm. it might. Um, it might well, I run thought England. To... I thought because there was the revolving door policy of wickets in the, in that mm. on that first day. Seventeen. Um, yeah, I was really disappointing. And I thought, oh, here we go again. And I, I just look at the long range weather forecast or the forecast for the next few days mm-hmm. looked like England had blown the, blown the chance for victory. I thought it was going to peter out for a draw. But then the weather improved and so did England's batting. Hooray. Well, Joe Root in particular, of course. Um, mm. You know, he reached 10,000 test runs. He's exactly the same age to the day as when Alistair Cook also reached yes. that feat. Spooky. Amazing. Um, you must be pleased as an England cricket fan, but also as a Wales football fan, Jules. So you're in the World Cup. Really, really delighted for Rob Page and the boys. Um, I think you were only little, weren't you, when, when <laughs> Pele scored in the quarterfinals, a young Pele, he was only 17, to knock Wales out at the quarterfinal mm. stage of the 1958 World Cup. And, and it's one of those sporting things that I never thought I would see, like a Brit wow. winning the men's title at Wimbledon. Uh, it just, it just because there have been so many near misses, 1985, Mark Hughes trying to help help them qualify for Mexico 86 and they got close, but that didn't happen. And I think it was 1994 when Gary, the late Gary Speed was playing for them. Mm. And I forget, I think it was Paul Bowden who hit the crossbar with a penalty that would have, would have sent Wales through. And so all this agony and it all came out yesterday. So really, really pleased for... And- for Wales to go through. And they attributed um, that win to Gary Speed, you know, so in well, his not, memory. So um, that was a lovely moment as well. Um, it's it's just such a shame that the World Cup is when it is. It feels like it should be a summer, a festival well, of summer sport. And it's yeah. going to going to interrupt our plans for the winter, that's for sure. But anyway. Well, I think it'd be summer weather, if that helps. But um, <laughs> <laughs> not, not here it won't be. <laughs> um, just for uh, rugby union Bath finishing bottom of the table, I don't think we're that surprised. But really good to see Northampton with a oh, Sam Matavesi two tries. Come on, the Royal Navy, yeah, exactly. And that earns them um, a fourth place in a playoff against um, Leicester Tigers next Saturday. Be tough. Local that, rivals, yeah, that'd be very tough. And incredible scenes at the French Open, of course. Rafa Nadal winning his twenty-second Grand Slam at the age of thirty-six. And his 14th French Open, just incredible. And um, he said he couldn't feel his left foot due to the pain, pain injections he's been having. So I don't know how long he can go on for. You want to you want to think that at 22 Grand Slams, but with someone like Djokovic or possibly a return of Federer who could go on to win two more Grand Slams, do you think that's at the back, back of his mind? How many Grand Slams has Serena Williams got? Oh, more, yes. Uh, well, I know it's more, but I just wonder if you, you know, if, if if you were in touching distance of becoming the most grand slam, grand slammed winning tennis yes. player of all time, you'd you'd go for it. But yeah, 
I, I think, mean, yeah. I think he's going to sort of, if you can't feel your foot, then you're sort of in, in the territory of retiring on medical grounds, aren't you? But yeah. hey, I, as, as you well know, I'm not a doctor. No, and Casper Rude, who he was playing in the final, was part of his part of his academy. He's so he's his like prodigies. his idol. Yeah, yeah. incredible. So yeah. that's in a way that's that's how he, that's how sport is evolving. You sh- you show the evolution. So if Nadal can step back now with the knowledge that he's brought on the likes of Casper Rude, who's just played him in the final, um, maybe that's a place you can be. But let's look ahead to. Um, Force of Sport this week, the Inter-Services Ice Hockey taking place in Sheffield and Kyle Dixon will be following that. Um, Jules, you're doing some boxing oh, with I the Army, about that. Army individual. Well, there you go, there's your reminder. It's, yeah, it's on, a, it's, on, it's on this week, today, tomorrow yeah. um, and, and the next day. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> well, we look forward to that insightful report from you, Jules, mm. on the Army Individual Championships. But, of course, there are always plenty of ways for you to revisit all the Forces Sport podcasts at bfbs.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, if you'd like to see and hear more from our amazing range of military athletes and have a look back at all the chats with our guests on the BFBS Sports Show YouTube channel. And we'll get Adam's chat up there with childhood photographs, of course, accompanying that with um, Matthew Fisher in them. But there's also our website, forces.net, where you can see our, our um our reports from matches and you'll be able to see Jules's report on the army individuals and you can also keep up with the latest results and action but please do keep across the forces news and BFBS sport across Twitter Instagram and Facebook just so you don't miss a minute you can contact us at forces sport at bfbs.com do let us know if there's anyone or anything that needs a bit of attention from us but thank you for listening and enjoy your week and we'll see you soon